Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Dwarven Tavern radio show. I'm your host, Jeff Goins, and tonight in the tavern, we have a full house. We have... Sebastian Blanton. Ian Goins. Lyric Goins. Josh Goforth. And how is everybody doing tonight? Great. Not pretty good. No, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm yeah, good. that's awesome. Having a little bit really, tired, but yeah. you know, a little bit cold. It well, no the the snow blowing on the tavern and the roads all frozen and horrible. ice giants and walking around like it's their yeah, home. walking around like it's their doing. Well, at least it's not negative something. So it actually feels like summer. It it actually does. So, and that's a good thing, uh, especially here in the tavern next to the roaring fire in the fireplace and. All that good stuff and the smoke rings blowing around from all the wizards. Yeah, I'm sitting right next to the fire and it feels amazing. Yes, it does. So, uh, what's on the show for tonight? Tonight, we will be doing the news by Josh. And then we will have the review of uh, Looney Labs Choose One. Oh, yeah, that's a great game. And we will finish off by doing DT tips on metagaming. All right, well, let's... Go over to Josh at the news desk and see what's new. What's new, Josh? Well, our first news story of the day comes from us from dndclassics.com. For those of you who don't know what dndclassics.com is, it's an online PDF store containing classic content from every edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah that does sound actually cool. And we have, uh, they have new releases coming this week. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, but the first edition, Dragonlance, Dragons of Hope. Uh, the Principles of Galantry, 1st Edition AD&D. Player Secrets of Aria, 2nd Edition. The 2nd Edition, Se- second Birthright. Edition. And Empires of Sand, 2nd Edition Forgotten Realms. And, for lastly, The Wells, the Well of the Worlds, Planescape, 2nd Edition. Wow, that's that's awesome. A lot, a lot of, of new editions coming out. A lot of, well, see, so, a lot of new old editions. Yeah, yeah, wow. that Planescapes was, there was, a, there was actually a video game about Planescapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty uh, good. And it was it was cool. It's called uh, Torment. I think that was the first Planescapes yeah. video game that came out. It was Torment. And you can download all those for your computer, mobile phone, or tablet, including iPads and Androids. Awesome. Our next news story comes from us from usatoday.com. USA Today has reported on the next version of D&D coming from the Wizards of the Coast. For the first time in six years, gaming fans will be able to roll the dice with a new set of rules for the iconic role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. Tyranny of Dragons pits players against throngs of dragons led by their five-headed queen, Tiamat. For the first time, players will get to battle Tiamat, who has appeared in D&D lore as a key villain since the mid-70s. This year marks the 40th anniversary of Dungeons & Dragons, first sold as a tabletop game in 1974 by creators Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Wizards of the Coast plans a massive celebration for D&D's 40th anniversary, culminating this summer with the arrival of Tyranny of Dragons. Wizards of the Coast would not elaborate on how the rules in Tyranny of Dragons may differ from earlier games, but Stewart notes it will drive experiences across all tabletop and digital platforms. Wizards of the Coast did not elaborate on how the rules in Tyranny of Dragons may differ from earlier games, but they did say it will drive experiences across all tabletop and digital platforms. That sounds awesome. I didn't know that it was already 40 years yeah. of tabletop gaming. That's it, amazing. It, it feels like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing it when it was uh, Chainmail. Yeah. When the game was called Chainmail way back when. Wow. Dude. Those were completely different rules, too, weren't You're they? Oh, yeah. rule changes. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, a different, quite a different world. And uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, anything else? Uh, we got one more. This is kind of a cool little app that we I found on Kickstarter. Total War Gaming is a new gaming app for tabletop gamers that are looking for funding over on Kickstarter. The initial version will be a terrain randomizer with more functionality added as more levels are unlocked. The Total War Gaming app is a simple and effective solution for speeding up your gaming experience, helping to cut out any confusion over what goes on when and where. Simply take a photo of your gaming area, including any terrain you want to use, and then follow the easy instructions, leaving you with a fully randomized table ready to play in just five clicks. Any of the stretch goals achieved will be included in this app on the main menu, such as the dice roller, which is designed to cope with large numbers of dice, plus you can tell it you can tell it in advance what counts as a success, and it will let you know how you did instantly. As well as an armyless builder, this tool allows you to enter as many stat lines as your game needs, as well as special rules and abilities for easy reference during the game. And lastly, it will include an army painter. This painting tool allows you to take a photo of your models and overlay different color schemes so that you can see just how it will look when finished. And that came from us from TabletopGamingNews.com. And that's very cool. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. It's very yeah. handy. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's a it's a app. So all your mobile devices. Okay. I assume it's. Uh, don't know if it's Android and iPhone, but I can only assume so. I didn't read that. Yeah. Part. Well, it, it probably will. We'll have to check it out and see. Maybe we can do a follow up on it and see if it's. Oh yeah. Android. And just an FYI, a Gen Con exhibition hall has been sold out for 2014. Holy crap! I think that's a that's I think that's the first time that that's happened in that short amount. I think I think it is. I think I did hear something about it, and I think it is a record. Yeah, which is, is a, pretty yeah. radical, and kind of sucks for the people who are. Yeah, I know. Now on the waiting list. It. Yeah, it's like oh, we want to go to oh, we can't. Oh, <laughs> it's January. Yeah, it's January. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does that does suck. So, but I mean, it's great for Gen Con, of course, but. Yeah, it sucks for oh, yeah. people want to get in. And that's all that is for news for this week. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Lyric? Um, next, we will be going to the review of Looney Labs Choose One. And after that, we will do DT tips on metagaming. But for now, we are going to go to a commercial. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Climb into the tree. 
Thanks for listening and being here with us this uh, this wonderful evening. Next up, we are doing a game review from the wonderful people at Looney Labs. And this wonderful game is called Choose One. And I don't know why I said it so angrily. I'm not really mad at all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Give it to me. Choose, choose one. one. Doggone it. 
Anyway, uh, this game, you can find this game, is available at uh, Looney Labs from looneylabs.com. And we uh, we played a game to uh, we we've played this game since they gave it to us a, a few months ago, and uh, we enjoy it <laughs> quite uh, quite a lot. But Sebastian, Lyric almost hung herself. I know she hang she hanged herself with her with her cable for her headphones. Um, Sebastian played it for the very first time tonight. So so let's get his take on it first. What did what did you think of this game? Well, I could see that this game would start a lot of fights really quickly. Really? I think Lyric and I have to get a uh, counseling <laughs> for our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she apparently likes, you know, Things that you have no idea. With. Over cookies. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the, uh, explain explain the game to us, Sebastian. What did, what did you think? I mean, not not what you thought of it, but but explain. give a brief overview. Give the mechanics of the of game the, to see. The game mechanics, yeah. Well, from what I saw... You take these playing pieces, one of them being a hot dog, one of them a rocket ship, a button, etc. Kind of like Monopoly. Kind of. Kind of. But different enough. Different enough, yes. I agree. And you play on this really small board, easily portable. I mean, you know, it makes for a small game. You don't have to spend hours on your game. So the board's just a, uh, it's a small three-part fold-out. It's not as large as, like, a... Yahtzee board, but it's smaller than like a... I don't know. What, what would you describe it it's, as? It's smaller than an average board yeah, game. It's by small, like it's smaller maybe than a checkers board. You could cut it out of one of the squares of a fold-out. You could probably board. make It's about the of size of a spiral out. notebook. Yeah. Yeah, about that. Uh, you make probably four boards of this game out of one good-sized checkerboard. Yeah. I don't know why that's important, <laughs> but it well, is. I mean, we have to well, know exactly. Dude, you have to know exactly how big, how big is it is. Well, it's it's nice for if you want to take it, say, on a car ride. Yeah, you could take it on a picnic, or you, you actually just put it in a very large pocket. It's, it's very transportable. Yeah, yeah, like you could go like if you're on campus and you want to have a little fun <coughs> before your next class, just pick out the pick out the uh, the board game and lay it out on the table, and there you go. Lay awesome. it out in the grass. It's not okay. like I mean they they have very small pieces, but they're kind of bright and in your face, so it's not like you could lose them too easily. That's very cool. Okay. Continue, okay. Sebastian. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, then we get down to the real fun part, the actual way you play the game. You receive a set amount of cards. I I don't remember the starting number. Five. Five. Five cards, and then two cards: one purple and one white. Now, each one of your actual playing cards has, say, a phrase in white and a phrase in purple. And on each card, if you play that card, you have to choose whether or not you prefer the phrase in white or the phrase in purple. Whether it be a type of food or in activity. Why, or don't, why don't you choose a card and uh, give an yeah, example? Give That's a great idea, Larry. <laughs> So, choosing a card at random here, and it says the Flintstones or the Jetsons. Hey, that was my card. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And so, were I to play this card, I would have to choose either the Flintstones, represented by the white color, or the Jetsons, represented by the purple color. Now, say I were to choose the Flintstones. I would take my white card and lay it face down on the table to indicate that I've chosen that one, but not to show anyone else what I've chosen. I would then present the choice to them 
and let them guess to which one I picked. Which we would then take one of our cards, because everyone has a purple and a white one. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can, you show your card to the person who's choosing, and then they (coughs) show their card, and if you match, then you get to move up. And um, if everyone (coughs) gets the same choice, then no one moves, and if the person who has made the decision is the only person who got it right, meaning no one agreed with the person choosing, mm-hmm. then he or she gets to move up two spaces instead of one, like the normal count. And on the uh, the game board, there's only like, what, like 12 ten. actual, there's, 10 there's actual 11. spaces? There's, there's 10, and then there's the winner. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So the game actually tends to go really fast, and if people don't actually know you, it will go really, really fast. fast. <laughs> Everybody's like, and there is and a you thought you knew somebody until you play this game. Yeah. yeah, and there actually is a there's a pretty good amount of cards, so you can actually. Uh, oh, there's a ton of cards. Yeah, there's a lot more cards than I had originally expected. It's what like is the three player or amount? four decks of uh, cards? The player amount was oh, up to like eight or ten. No, it's three. It's three to ten players, yeah. age fourteen up, for twenty to. 40 minutes. It's more like 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't think this could take 40 minutes, especially with more we, Yeah, the more people. players you had, the faster it would go. Yeah, the, lo- the least people you have, the more chance you would have everybody choosing the same. Right. So. We yeah. uh, we played this at our New Year's celebration and there was a lot of people playing. Maybe yeah. 10. <coughs> What's, yeah. What, and, what was really... Go ahead. Um, uh, it was uh, funny because a lot of the time, we... Uh, we would choose so many different cards and uh, a lot of people didn't know something about another person and instead of playing it to the winner we would play like best three out of five (laughs) because of how fast the game was going with us at at, uh, one point we actually uh, just stopped using the game board and the pieces and just started playing with the cards cards just see see how many we it's like uh, Lissa another taverneer we she could not actually get anywhere because everyone knows her so well. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, like opera or westerns. Everything like westerns, and it was like no one even. We just was like, bam. Well, I would have got that the card. Yeah. Next card, <laughs> and she just was like, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna sit back and watch you guys play because I can't do any of that because everyone knows her so well. Yeah, it was that was cool, and then of course. Then of course you know the uh, the comment that Josh made earlier about him and Larry needing counseling. It was really <laughs> funny because we were a happy couple. Because yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> that was damn game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was really <laughs> it was really funny because uh, because Josh kept guessing wrong and to to the point uh, about lyric, you know, the love of his life and. And uh, he, he, or so I thought. He, he. Well, I'm, uh, you just I would hope that I would be the love of your you life. You are the love of my life, honey. But you don't have to know her that well, apparently, because we he kept connection. he gets wrong so many times. I'm like, Josh, have you met my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, apparently not. And he had, he had guessed wrong at least I think it was three times in a row, and it was cookies or cake. And I prefer cake over cookies because I like the fluffy. What a, the warm and chewy. See, I don't chocolate. I, if I could have fluffy cookies. over chewy, and I can't guarantee that it's chewy. 
And this is why this game could cause a yeah, little, little bit of a problem. It could cause some issues because it makes people talk <coughs> like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was fantasizing about cookies. Well, when he when he got to that point, he's like, "You better choose cookies," and I'm like, "I like cake." He's like, "That's it." And he, he put his cards down and walked away. Yeah, and then I came back because that's not how I roll. <laughs> well, it's not even an argument. Of course, up. cookies would win. Yeah, of course. I like cake better. But cake anyway. is an occasional thing. I've always felt closer to Sebastian. Second to our <laughs> I thank you, honey. That means a lot. Sebastian, uh, you were talking about your uh, opinion of playing the game, since it was your first time playing it right before this show. Yes, actually, I found the game to be really exciting. I mean, it opened up new possibilities to, you know, this genre of game that I have never seen, actually. Yeah, I. it's honestly the first game that I've seen like this i mean there are other games like apples to apples and um uh factor crap and i've there are a lot of games that you choose uh, Flux. you choose uh <laughs> games that have yeah, two options but this is the only one that i've seen quite like this game yeah. so if you like games that are um fast-paced and uh sebastian would you please tell us your opinion of this game since you just played it right before the radio show? Um, well, I mean, it, it pretty much sums down to it's a good way to pass about 10 to 15 minutes of your time, depending on the amount of players. It'd be great for road trips, but it's not something that if I'm sitting at home, I'm going to bust out and be excited about. So it's more like a travel game. Hmm. That makes sense. Well, you think it would be a yeah. good party game? Uh, yeah. yeah. I have to say it would depend on the people you invite. It would depend on the party. Yeah. yeah. If, they yeah. Were, if they would look trustworthy, they could <laughs> join your party. There's <coughs> <coughs> yeah, a little tribute to Dead Gentleman. Shout yeah. out. Shout, Shout out. out to the Dead Gentleman. Hilarious movie. Yeah, movie. Yes, it was. It was It was really enjoyable. What did you think of the, the game Choose One? Uh, well, I I actually prefer it as a, just a strict card game over a uh, card and board game. It's more fun for uh, me and everyone else that uh, I have I have uh, played with to just use just grab a big handful of cards. Each of us grab a big monster chunk of cards mm -hmm. and just um, and just go through these questions and see if we can get them right. right. Because we played for so long that we actually started to get uh, reruns in our cards, and th we would have beaten the game probably 30 or 40 times in a row because we actually played it on Thanksgiving. We played it throughout Thanksgiving, just constantly yeah. just playing yeah, these cards. Did. It was incredibly <laughs> fun. That's yeah. also when we figured out everyone knows Lissa very well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was there for that game when you just used the cards. Oh, it was great. I bet it was yeah. because it sounds like a lot of fun. It really is. We yeah. might play it after this. It was. It was tremendous fun. So, okay, so uh, as far as axes go from uh, one to four axes, Sebastian, what would you give it? I'd probably give it about a three, honestly. How would you uh, justify that? Why, why three? I'd say a three just because it is really fun. It's, you know, a new concept. It's very original in its basis. But as Ian said, there were things that just shouldn't have been there, like the board. Uh-huh. If it was a straight card game based off points or something like that, I might lean towards maybe uh, three and a half or four. Okay. But it just feels like it's got 
too much. I see. Okay. Too much. With the board and you know adding the pieces. It was it was a lot more fun as a card game. As he just, likes, uh, just he like likes not, games not that had just have one card. <laughs> <laughs> it says you win. <laughs> it says you win, and that's He's it. Like, he well, as opens we all up the know, game, I always bam. win. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, we do. Even though you got like last place. <laughs> no. But that's only because I was playing against the wiener. <laughs> well, the you know. I, I always get the, the hot dog minifigure, so the, that's the, mine. I'm the wiener. The bottle. And I'm the nut. It's empty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I played the rocket ship at times. Rocket ship. Yeah. And for some reason, you always get the button coming up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting Spot phrasing. Spot on, sir. Yeah, sure, I can see that. What would you rate it on a zero to four act scale, Ian? On a zero to four, um, uh, I'm actually gonna have to agree with Sebastian for a three, and for pretty much the same reasons. Because the board, the board. Yeah, see, Sebastian wins again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sebastian wins again. I agree because it doesn't, it doesn't need, <coughs> it does not, it does not need get him the need. the board, the board game uh, pieces racing to the end. Um, uh, I guess competition. Uh-huh. It's so much more fun because it really has absolutely nothing to do with com- competition. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like yeah. we win. Okay. Then, then it felt. It feels like they needed uh, a goal for every yes and no to actually uh, build up toward. You know. Right. Right. So uh, without the board, then it just because without without the board game and the not yeah without the board and the pieces. There would have been no goal to achieve. Maybe you could play for any length of time. I actually prefer it like that. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I mean, it's a game that we played, and it ended up being over. We didn't even realize we were close to being over. Yeah. So I per- I preferred it to be just something we can constantly play and stop at any point in time than it being a uh, to win game. The competition wasn't needed because of the spirit of the actual game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Larry, what about you? I would give it a 3.5. Um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was a very fun game. It was very social. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of an introvert, so that was a nice break from my you know normal day life. Um, and I have to say that the board game, I understand it. Um, I agree that it would be a little more fun if it didn't have a goal, but uh, standing from for the devil's advocate, the fact that there is a goal for the game <coughs> makes it, you know, an actual game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that the um, I think that the board was necessary for this type of game. I think what they could have done was added instructions for other types of games. Yeah, yeah they're, they're actually quite famous for that because of their... Uh, the flux the, the diversity. Actually, uh, a very good example of that would be the Flux board game and how the in, the entirety yeah, of the, the board, board changes. And their, their, their triangle, their pyramid games. With the oh, yeah, so yeah. many mm-hmm. games. Yeah. games. I think that, that if, if what Ian said could be turned into a game of its own uh, maybe have a scrap piece of paper in there to write down like mm-hmm. if you get um, this person right for so many points then you win 
against them or something like that. I don't know, maybe. But I would give it a 3.5 because I enjoyed it. It's a game that a lot of people can play. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think that the, the age limit should be lowered because um, yeah, little, little, kids would little kids would enjoy that. They would enjoy the crap Actually, out of that. Actually, they should come out with a with a, a junior version right. because it asks, you know, like peanut butter and jelly or... Right, yeah, not oh, something man, that that'd be, that'd be crabs, difficult for little kids. There are some of the some <laughs> of the cards have choices that I don't understand. Like I don't even know what that is. So and maybe if it were junior version with uh, more like Brie or Roquefort. Maybe if it were more generalized, like sci-fi versus fantasy. Yeah. Like they have a card like that. Picard or Kirk. Death Wish or Battle Royale. <laughs> That would be a hard one. What about you, Josh? What would you rate this game? Uh, I think I'd give it a four out of five, especially for. We were doing a four to four. <laughs> you we're doing fours. Well, it's either? so good, it's gonna get four out of no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did? Well, it's so good, it's gonna get a four out of five. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, three out of five is pretty Honey. perfect. <laughs> what out of four? <laughs> Okay, two out of five. Is that better? You're going to keep loving until you love me. <laughs> okay, I agree. Three out of four is a very good <laughs> score for this. And you were saying how to do it for children. I think that would be a very great, I think it would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the older crowd, it can very much be a drinking game. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And the first person to hit the floor loses. <laughs> what okay. Do you, what do you think uh, of that? Well, in yeah, and uh, so in wrapping this up, I'm going to give this game. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half because I, I think it's it's totally cool. Um, it's it's super easy to learn, which is huge. Don't you agree? Super easy to learn. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Incredible. Well, Sebastian was. <laughs> 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 microphone. I think it was I think it was very easy to learn because Sebastian just picked it up today. All of us have played it at yeah. least once before. Trying to say something here? Listen to me. <laughs> We're just so and if proud. Sebastian can you learn it. Okay. <laughs> Sebastian can learn. You can teach it to your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Better example. I think this I think is the very Russians use it to train monkeys. Yes. Yeah. For space. That was a lot funnier in my head. <laughs> yeah, it was. You, that's where it should have stayed. Um, oh, 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 oh. I think this game. <laughs> Shut his mic off. Uh, let me finish everyone. and I'm done. Let me finish. <sighs> Go. I think this game was very easy to learn because when. The rest of the tavern had played it, but me and Josh hadn't, and we came over for Thanksgiving. I said New Year's earlier. I correct myself. Uh-huh. And we played it for the first time. We were able to play along. Like, we had been playing it with the rest of the family the entire time. Very right. easy to pick up. Yeah, it has, like, it has like no learning curve whatsoever. Yeah. It's and, amazing. And, you know, the, the fact that you can learn from others, about others, uh, in, in this game, it's so easy to learn. There has to be some kind of a competition, or it wouldn't be a game, I guess. I don't know. It would just otherwise well, it would why be it's called a game. It would be an activity. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, so I'll, I'll give it a three point five. When we return, we're going to take another break, and when we return, we are going to talk about metagaming. 
we are going to do DT tips specifically on how to avoid avoid metagaming. So we'll be right back. This is Dwarven Tavern Radio. Don't go away. like to bring up would be the um, the context of uh, some of these cards like uh, like I, I have one in my hand here it's uh, it's phone call or text message okay now for what for what purpose it's like okay phone call or text message which which one do you prefer which one would you prefer have done which one do you prefer to do which one would what situation would you use them for right, exactly right, like and thing is uh, sorry yeah. for interrupting but a lot of them 
a lot of them do that. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true. Like if uh, you know, if you're if you're calling someone about a job, you don't text them. Exactly. Even though you might prefer, but I think this is I think this is just really 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 <laughs> super general. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it actually it's has crazy to. high general because like phone call or text message. I would say, I would say that uh, I would prefer texting, but if there's an emergency, if I need to call like my mom or my father. I will call them. I will not just text them. Right. But I prefer to text. Right. So it's very it's very contextual. I think that, uh, in my opinion, I think that doing uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, hang on, let me start over. I think that the definition of what the specification of what that card says is really up to the people playing the game because if you don't specify then it's less likely that the people will guess that what you are <sighs> that makes sense yeah 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 makes sense thank you even with an uncompleted or, sentence we understood <laughs> or you could uh, specify and make it super super specific and the people will be like oh okay well then yeah this is this is what or you could leave it like. incredibly general and just make them like it's like if you make like uh, like um, like what was one hiking or swimming and you don't say anything about it at all and they'll be like uh, swimming you right. like both of them I don't right. know what to pick <laughs> exactly so uh, okay. Josh wanted to bring up something as well yeah, yeah. one more point yeah a lot of these cards have really fun and interesting things written on them but let's say that you may just not Something on there that you may want to add. There's plenty. They have about. They have a handful of cards. It's about uh, twenty of them, maybe, of just blank cards. Blank, blank white cards where you could, blank, yeah. blank white, blank purple, and just add your own stuff to it, which is something Looney Lab is really good for, and is allowing people to create their own, uh, creating more and adding to their games. Very well, cool. What would be cool is if people could send their ideas for these cards yeah, out and yeah. they yeah. can create special editions. Yeah, that would be awesome Special as well. editions, like the Smith edition. Maybe Sword and Axe. The or fan or version. Yeah, the fan fan versions. Right, yeah. yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Well, all right. So moving on, we are going to be discussing the topic of, yes. Did you do the ISBN number? I did not do the ISBN number. Please hit that for me. Oh, the ISBN number for Looney Labs Choose One is 857-848-004048. Excellent. And now we are going to DT Tips and Tricks, and this edition we are talking about... <coughs> Metagaming and what not to do for your characters. What not to do. That's very important to know. Josh, will you do us the favor of explaining what metagaming is? Metagaming is a player using knowledge that the player is not meant to have. Such as using certain types of attacks or defense based on the strength of weakness of an opponent that the player's character is unaware of. Like, say, this character takes X amount more damage if you attack with a fire attack. Now, the player playing him may not know that. I mean, may or may not know that, but the character in the story, likely, unless he was told otherwise, does not know that. Uh, I guess a good example of that would be you have a, you have a wizard in your party, and you guys happen across a beholder. Unfortunate, but the... Um, and uh, I think, believe 3.5 beholders have a uh, their their main eye 
their centralized eye has a cone of anti-magic. And if you, your wizard doesn't know that... What? I'm sorry. <laughs> what when, you, when you nodded over, you're like, and like in 3.5, I'm like... In 3.5. In Sebastian. Continue. In 3.5, the beholder, I'm pretty sure the beholder has an anti-magic, uh, like, cone of effect in front of its main eye. Yeah. Just said main eye, like, twice. But anyways, it uh, just kind of, like, you cannot, you can't magic in front of a beholder. That's, it just, it's like, you're not, you're not allowed to do that. Here. I did not know that. Right. Yeah, you didn't know that. I so, did not know that because So, now I... that you do, if you play a wizard and find a beholder and he does not know, you can't just be like, oh, wait a minute, I know that, that, that. So well, I like, had a monk. It didn't really matter. Yeah, and I had a fighter. I had no ranged weapons either, so that was fun. Anyways. So stick that sword in the eye of the beholder. Hey, hey. Oh. The sword is in the eye of the beholder. That sword Beauty. must be beautiful. <laughs> well, like, when my character, uh, as the monk mentioned... Uh, as the monk mentioned? As the monk mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a monk in the tavern. Well, my probably. It probably is. You just never know it. My character, <laughs> my character, along those lines, uh, was given a rope that quivered in his hand and was able to hold uh, more weight than any other rope he had, and so on and so forth. And he didn't know that it was a plus two elven rope to non snapping. I also guess. believe it was, uh, right. it was somewhat silk or something. Yeah, it was. Like it was elven silk. silk. Yeah. And he didn't know what it was. He never figured it out. He he was he wasn't a very materialistic person, being a monk. So right. he just he had no. Uh, if it worked for him, then that's great. But it, the fact that it was Elvin, I wrote it down on his character sheet that it was Elvin. But yeah, you wrote down you wrote down all of what it was, but he did not know. Another good example of that would be our the bard in that same party found just a just a regular bag of holding. I completely with, forgot about that. With all of these gems in it and, you know, a bard. There, everyone was like, so what you got there? And it's this tiny little bag and he's like looking at all seeing all this, <laughs> like, all these <laughs> enormous rubies like, nothing. Nothing at all. Just a tiny little bag. And we're like, we know you're lying. <laughs> but what's in the bag? He's like, an entire treasury. I'm like, no. Come, like, come no, on. no. You're yeah. right. But the thing is, they didn't know what it was. We all knew, because the DM told us who was who was my father, Jeff right there, right, the guy across the room. Here. That would be me. Um, he was like, you found, a, you found a bag of holding, and it's got this much money, that much this, and this much that. And none of us had an appraise. None of us had an appraise at that time. So we had no idea how much was in the bag. Right. So if we took that to a market, we couldn't just say, okay, I've got this much gold worth in rubies. Right. We would have to get it appraised. And we, we could actually know that the that we've got it appraised and it was appraised uh, too low our characters wouldn't know it was appraised too low but we would and we couldn't actually apply that right so our characters would be like okay so it must be this because right. the appraiser said so even though we know that's like 10,000 gold more right and i i personally i personally one of the my most irritating pet peeves is when when people take the game out of universe when I've spent I have personally since I've Dungeon Master a lot um, <coughs> I spend a lot of time trying to get the mood in universe and when someone says oh 
the DM wants us to turn left or, or something so like that. So we may as well yeah. turn right. Let's just turn. Well. Let's just, yeah, that's what that's what the dungeon master wants us to do. Why do you keep trying to kill me? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's it's God. enormous. Uh, there was a there was a uh, a guy who uh, bless Paylor. Was, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was a first time player, and he he knew about the game. He came and and sat in with us once, and he had he rolled up a some kind of a shaman with a with a crow familiar, and. <clears throat> Uh, not being very a very bright move, uh, they were attacked by orcs. You know, the standard. Pretty, pretty it was standard like stuff. first level character get attacked by orcs. Well, that's what, that's what routine. That's that's, that's what happens. Right passage. Orcs are like so. How many first level characters? Like three, and then we send up four, four or five orcs. Like, yeah, that should be able to get us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That should yeah. level them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't like that either. But the formula. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the reason I don't yeah. do fourth edition. But anyway, uh, with the with the orcs, you know, the orcs attack. And the first thing he did, which which really kind of freaked me out, was he ha- he sent his crow companion to attack the orcs, and he stood back to what to a crow. He, he and stu- one crow and crow yeah and crow pet the living <laughs> crap out of you and <laughs> the, apparently that's what he was thinking, and they just dispatched it post haste, cut off one of its wings, stomped it. It was dead. Eat it? Why not? And, look, and hey, look, this crow's drawing. Oh no! Says, hey, Bob, get him! He's like, oh, we get a crow. I got it. Oh no, no, no! That was delicious. Oh, look at him go! Yeah. And <laughs> so for the next half hour, he kept saying to me, "Oh, I'm going to get you for this." Like, we're not playing against each other. You threw, you threw your crow at an orc, and were you were surprised that it got eaten? He said, "But it was my crow." He's, you should have given him a chance. And I was like, dude, I'm not making the decisions. It's the orcs that are deciding what to do in this situation. I am just acting out what they did because I know how orcs behave, what they do. I studied their behavior. That's a weird weird thing to say. Well, but you've gamed I, so long. You yeah, know exactly I've been how they're supposed to act. Yeah, I've been Chainmail, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, so... Yeah, way back there as I point behind <laughs> you. And so I know what orcs will do, and that's what they do. It's pretty obvious that if, if, if a human being got attacked by a crow, they would get it. Uh, <laughs> a crow can't really do much yeah. to an anything. Yeah, they, they, they intimidate people who are <laughs> afraid of birds. Yeah, but They intimidate people who think of crows as bad omens. As bad omens yeah. like at a distance. He could, have, some, he could have used it to distract them or if, something. If a crow got up in my face, I would bite it off. So, mm-hmm. uh, I had, orcs. I had a friend <laughs> who... She loved gaming. I didn't play with him again, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, we got that by the the. He was over once. He was. <laughs> so you had a friend. I had a friend who loved gaming. She would love to take part in gaming, and she would do everything she could to impress the people around her. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's actually nice to know that a person wants to get into gaming so much that they want your approval. Right. But if. Don't be too overbearing with it, by the way. If she <laughs> if she did something good, then obvious reward was in place, like experience points and gold on the occasion. Oh, um, that's not. What? 
I, I said whatnot and whatnot. <laughs> yes. And uh, she would be like, yeah, that's right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm the best, whatevs. And then we move on. Uh, but the moment that she would start taking damage in mass quantity, like if she was facing, say, a centaur, and... Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> she... Like, the moment she started falling under 10 out of 40 hit points, she would look me dead in the eye and say, you're trying to kill me. Why are you trying to kill me? I'm not doing anything wrong. And she would try to put on this pity party. I'm like, I am not playing against you. I am laying out a yeah, story it's, it's, for you to a, wait a minute. go through. You know, 40 HP? I, that was an example. Goik is a Sindar? You're it, a cruel mistress. It, 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 it was an example. It wasn't centaur. It was um, minotaur. No, um, was that the same person it wasn't that attacked us with like five wargs? Yes, a but oh. no, it, uh, it had nothing to do with four legs. Named. It was yeah. a dark mantle. A dark mantle. Oh, and uh, they had just dark mantle. Her entire group oh. that you actually played in this one. <laughs> yeah, and their entire group went into the dungeon, and then dark mantles were lining the ceiling. Oh God! And they were like, "We'll just, that. we'll just sneak really quietly past." And she, being a paladin, she thought that she had to do the righteous thing and kill them all <laughs> when she was second level. And uh, <laughs> she, the dark mantles came down, and, and like a bombing were, run. <laughs> and she was like, "You're trying to kill me. Why are you trying to kill?" me i'm not doing anything wrong and that's it's that's not very, good gaming very annoying <laughs> all, in this situation and it really, i think you are <laughs> actually it's in all, very in all annoying honesty. and it really breaks the it really breaks the mood rhythm and mood of the yeah game. It's Absolutely. Like, it, it no longer feels like you're in game it and, starts to feel like you're just surrounded by a bunch of people playing a game and and you actually you guys I, I forget which one of you mentioned it uh it had another good point which was one of the things that we that i've been doing since first edition is is trying to i mean this has been a huge issue since the beginning of my gaming is is describing is describing the the, the the magic and other things that the characters find. I think that was him. Yeah, it was. Describing the magic and the other things that the the characters find without without taking it out of game, out of universe. See, you yeah. go out of universe into the game, and when you get into the game, it loses its fun. When you stay in universe, you say you find a magic this is this is actually what i've done this is actually what i've done with with my with the, in the old in the old game i said okay you find a sword you know i pick it up okay it tingles in your hand and he's like okay okay that's cool it's magical i need a magic sword right now it would really help and i'm like okay so you do and so so what do you do with it i i guess i'll unsheath it could be cursed, but I'll unsheath it. Okay, well, you very carefully unsheath it. And it has uh, a name carved into the hilt protector in in an elder rune from a, from a very old language. He's like, well, I'll try to read it. I said, okay. And then I'd have him, you know, roll to see if he could read it, and he, he, would, he would make the roll. And a scribe's call or something he like actually, that. Yeah, he actually read... He he made his roll. I said, "Okay, so you you make out you did Herman, and it says the a, a word." And I would tell him, the, I told him the word. 
He said, okay, all right. That's probably the name of the sword. I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to, since it's magical, I'm going to see if saying that name out aloud makes anything happen, if it does something. And he said, okay. And he says the name. He holds the sword aloft and says the name. And it goes <laughs> and bursts into flame in his hands. And it burns from the tip down to the hilt. And he brandishes it around. And it's and then he says the name again and the fire goes out. And the blade is still cool to the touch. And he was all like, all giggly. <laughs> like I you might, that. Like you might expect. And it's like, okay. And he says, that's, that's, this is awesome. I sheath it. I put it in my sheath in, in replacement of my other sword that I just kind of dropped. <laughs> and I said, okay, very cool. And he said, so what is it? And I said, all right, well, it's a, it's a plus one flame tongue, magic sword. Uh, it's plus, it gets plus one, does one to eight. Uh, and when you say the command word, it sets a blade on fire, does an extra D6 of uh, fire damage when you hit something. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, so that was... And that's how a good gamer do. That's how, the, that's how a good gamer do. That's right, because we, we covered the actual discovery and, and use of the sword yeah. in-universe, and then we, we made like a little sidebar or a little parenthetical where I gave him the actual stats. Yeah, that's what I do when I DM. I set up the thing that they're going through, and I make sure that all the NPCs are acting out their appropriate parts, and then say I'm gaming with Josh, and he's playing Niven. He finds some sort of magical device that he can use, and he said, and you put them on, you put on the bracers around your wrists, and all of a sudden you feel this great strength well into your fists, and you feel like you could run a thousand miles and that's great because you're a wizard and hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, them wizards be w w wizards it's it's, <laughs> it's, be, a, it's a war it's a war oh that's right oh I'm oh, sorry oh, he's a, he's a he's such difference he's and a sorcerer <laughs> well after I was done explaining this and had the old wizard drug rom tell him about it uh, and how it would help him do his spells and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I told him, like, okay, no, those are actually, uh, I was like, out of game. I actually say out of game to n let them know that I was not talking as drug rum anymore. And I said, okay, that's a plus eight bracer for this and that. It Jesus. Gives you, it gives you this. He was a very powerful <laughs> wizard yes. all alone in the swamp. Oh. What were you expecting? Well, actually, does he have any other armor at all? Uh, he gave Kellery plus... No, you had a plus nine. No, my I got a plus eight bracers, and then I have padded armor with... I have light, light padded armor with uh, just a robe on top of okay. it. Okay. Kellery had... That yeah. spell failure of, like, 2%. 5%. 5%. Kellery... Which I don't think works into my character with warlocks and stuff. Maybe it does. I don't Do that. Know. Kellery... Uh, arcane spells can fail. Kellery had uh, bracers one uh, one less than his, so he had bracers of plus seven strength, mm -hmm. which he's a half orc, so plus seven strength. Yeah. My no, God. No, no, it was strength. It was, it was AC. It, it was. Uh, I said acceleration. Oh God, plus seven strength. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, I was like, I was like, God, I'm sorry, who, my bad. Who would use golems of ogre strength, and I've got bracers of manliness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was for their AC. It was for their armor class. I'm 
I mess up. I'm sorry. Okay, I was and about to say you're pretty lenient. There, Missus will attack second level characters with a centaur. <laughs> I got it plus eight strength. Why am I a warlock? <laughs> <laughs> if I can't zap them, I'll just squeeze their head off. But that's that's Proceed. what I do. Is I yeah. I do exactly what you do. I just say along yeah. the lines of make saying, the make the actual game, game stats a parenthetical. Mm-hmm. This is like you know you find this magic sword and blah 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 and uh, ten minutes of description and go that's ah, plus two, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you move on. So the character, the person playing, can can stay in character. I right. actually did something similar, but he never actually uh, actually Sebastian. He said next to me. Um, his character Finrod found this uh, this massive suit suit this massive <laughs> uh, like sentient suit of golden armor which he had no idea what was and he was like he was like can this thing understand me and it nodded and he was like okay <laughs> he was like all right can I wear you and it just went no it just was on him and wow. it, it actually formed to his body you sure it wasn't just really friendly. <laughs> I still never figured out what that thing was. <laughs> but um, he felt ridiculously powerful. Ridiculously powerful. He felt like he could take on the world. Yeah. And he, he was like, you know what? I'm going to punch this giant wall next to me. And his, his fist just like broke and destroyed the bricks. And he's like, his fist broke. <laughs> and it's like it's he cursed. felt he felt so much more powerful than he had ever felt before. It's and a suit of delusion. <laughs> he, delusion. He took the suit off, and he never figured out what it did. Ever, he had no idea what it did. And that's that is actually sometimes the point. That's sometimes the point of 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 finding something is is uh, figuring out how it works. Um, I, I've I've played with a lot of dungeon masters that say, okay, you find a wand, wand of fireballs. It's like, well, <laughs> it uh, says it on it. Wand it's a wand of fireballs. fireballs. It's in a little glass case. You from break the, it and you break, break in case of need a fire. <laughs> yeah, from the Acme. Yeah, the Acme Fireball Company. They send a wand of fire. Uh, you know, and that that takes a lot of the. It takes a lot of the. Honestly, it takes out a lot of the magic. Yeah. From the game. I and have to agree with that. The yeah. the romance. Uh, of the of the whole thing because um, <clears throat> if if he had told you that it was a like a, a suit of lordly might or you know actually explained it that sounds to you, awesome it really it really does it is like a little nice little tie and <laughs> smoking Makes you jacket it's a suit of lordly might yeah it's lordly um, but you know to to actually be told what it is out of game in game. It, uh, it it ruins the romance and the mystery of the game. Totally me. agree. So, so I, I agree with this as being a, a really important issue as uh, metagaming. Metagaming is... It's bad. It's just... It's just bad. Sometimes and it's another, necessary. Another form of metagaming is, as a player, trying to tell another player what to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was like it's like okay, this guy's like five miles away doing this thing, and this guy's in a cave, and he's like, "You want to know what? You should ask that guy if he could bring me some rope." It's yeah, like, and the players, how the players are sitting next to each other. Yeah, exactly. But the characters are miles apart, and uh, I always, uh, I always do this when somebody says, uh, "Somebody was the the party." I don't even remember who <coughs> it was, but the party was going up. They were staying behind, 
The party was staying behind, and... I think it was Lobo and Toro. One of the players was going up to talk to the, the uh, is, uh, Galeb Durr, the rock, the rock man. I have no uh, idea. Yeah, and that, that wasn't were, with us. Yeah, it might... It, it might not have been, but somebody said uh, it was a uh, multiple multiple people in a party. Everybody, one person went up to talk to the Galeb Durr. They went up to talk to the Rock Man, and the the guys were sitting right right next to each other. And the the Galeb Durr said, "Yes, what what would you like to know?" And the guy said, uh, "Well, we want to know where we can find this person." And the other guy next to him said, "Oh, ask him about ask him about how powerful he is." He said, ask him about how powerful he is. And uh, we all looked at him, and I said, and you hear wafting across the wind, ask him about how powerful he is. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm not there. <laughs> We're like, yeah, no, so sir, up. you're not. <laughs> so, yeah, so shut up. That's something that you like to do as a DM whenever <laughs> whenever our campaign split up, which is quite often. Now we just do it on purpose, so you'll... Make fun of us. Bring back some candy. Avenge me. Avenge me. <laughs> oh, you're dead, so shut up. <laughs> so, like, Oh, uh, good times. I actually <laughs> just said, were... so like when. So like when? So like when. I could murder you my were... face. <laughs> you were going to say that... Were you gonna say that sometimes gaming, metagaming is okay? Oh, uh, some well, or appropriate. Sometimes metagaming is necessary, uh, just to convey the the stats of a magic weapon, or to to talk about, you know, something that that the player needs to know. And this was also another this was another huge contention among my first the first age gamers that I gamed with because we were actually in the process of converting ourselves to D&D characters. And my one of my friends said one of my friends said my intelligence would be like 25, 23. And we're like since when? <laughs> <laughs> and we had a good laugh and he got indignant and he said, "No, serious. Since I'm uh, educated in the modern world, I would know so much more than any of them in the D&D world. And that would automatically make it a 25. That would make it and, so much higher than 25. And I said, yeah, but, you know, do you know how to, to tan leather? And do you know how to... Sharpen a sword? Make make some yeah. arrows? Do you know the things that they know? I said, it's not more knowledge that you have. It's different knowledge. It's an entirely different knowledge set. And uh, that's not really, that kind of is metagaming because we were actually converting ourselves into characters at that time. Yeah, but you went in with the sole purpose of doing that. Yeah, right. And that's, that's I think that's the only time that metagaming is is uh, acceptable. All, all other times, it seems like it's the character, the person playing the character, just trying to yeah. be smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Actually, wonder what? Hey, Sebastian, you, uh, you have some pretty good examples of things I've just uh, blatantly told you in our campaigns, and you're like, "Does Finrod know this?" And I'd be like, "No, he does not." So for a, a lot of times, when you were, when Sebastian's you were, very good about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can you can pretty much just tell him what the entire campaign is, and he'd be like, "Okay, do, does does my guy know that?" And it's like, "No, you don't." 
I I try to roll with it as if uh, it wasn't me playing them, but it was me observing the world as though I were them. You roll with it as in a d20. Yeah. Or d6. <laughs> 40, D6 good loves too. But it's <laughs> 15, 15, 15. D12s. They're the most, they're the most lonely, they're the most loneliest dice. They rarely get used. That's true. Yeah. Which ones? D12s. I love D12s. I, I saw, they love you too. I saw a Kickstarter where somebody was marketing D12s with two sets of D6 on them. Just so people would be able to roll more D12s. Well, that's actually pretty cool. I, I thought it was pretty I got cool. a D20 that has a D10. Two 10s, yeah. yeah. So what were you uh, what were you saying before I? Uh, I was saying that. that uh, <laughs> well, I was I was saying that an easy way that I've noticed to avoid metagaming would be instead of seeing it as though you're playing the game, or even seeing it as though you're guiding someone in that universe through it, see it as though you're looking at this world or universe through that person's eyes. You are that person. Yeah. Yes. But at the same time you're not. Right. Yeah. Interesting look. That is that is very cool. That's a very cool way to, to look at it. I think that's uh, I think it's good advice. Um, do you have you you do that with your own characters, right? I try. I mean sometimes it slips in without you noticing. It's hard to avoid. Mhm. Right. Like as a uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Josh mentioned. If you notice, like, a perfect example was his campaign where we had uh, Ian's character beating up on the Iron Golem. Uh-huh. We all knew its weakness and what it was healed by, and we played on that. Right. It's hard to stop that stuff. And when yeah, it really is. I never really said, is. as a DM either, you do know... <coughs> Like, as a DM, I never said, you do know that that's not doing anything, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. also metagaming yeah, by yeah. the DM. The DM yeah. saying, it's like, it's like I'm going to blast this, um, let's see. Your flesh golem like, with a lightning bolt. Gazap! <laughs> <laughs> and the DM's like... <laughs> 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 I, I think it's hilarious we all get that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm sure. Roll <laughs> I'm sure every, everyone points. listening to this probably <laughs> yeah. does. But it's like the DM, not only can the DM not say anything about what's going on, it's like, um, let's see, like you uh, you come across a mind eater, you know, and you're highly psionic or a mind flare, and you're like, I'm going to blast him with, uh, like, um... There's flayers, like the, eaters, and devourers. I'm like, uh, let's see, I just can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Psionic. <laughs> psionic. It's like, I'm going to mind crush him. And it's like, okay. The DM's actually thinking, you are gonna, you're really, you're really gonna, gonna go against that. a mind flare with psionics, yeah. huh? That's, <laughs> that's adorable. That's, that's smart. <laughs> Your decisions are just so cute. And he promptly is destroyed. Yeah, I, act I actually screwed that up the first time I ever DM'd. Uh, it was actually right after that Iron Golem battle, and Lyric's character was investigating the giant heat. The Iron Golem was kept in a uh, Iron Maiden, essentially, and behind it, inside the Iron Maiden, Maiden, the back, of the wall was crushed, and and I said, you you, you see that? I said the lyrics character, you see that it's uh, crumbled and it kind of looks like a doorway. It, it looks <laughs> like there's a door back there. I was like, 
Oh. That's not what I should have said just yeah. then. I'm like, oh, would you mind rephrasing that so I don't know what you're talking about? Because <laughs> there's well, like uh, no, a good way to rephrase that would have been. Uh, he's like, it looks like the it looks like the wall could easily be crumbled away. Like or there's nothing there supporting it. There might be an it. opening there if you work hard enough. <laughs> you look around and you see that there's 50 feet of door of uh, 50 feet of wall <laughs> to this side, and one part of the wall looks a lot like a secret <coughs> door. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Unless you rolled for the character behind the screen. And another <laughs> thing that I like to do is I like to I like to roll spot and listen checks for people sometimes because you say, you know, roll a spot <laughs> check, yeah, and they yeah. say, oh, I, got a, I got a 10, and I was like, okay, so moving on, they're like, what? Like, Th- that's what it is. Like, it. it. it's, it's better than, it's like, okay, roll a spot check. It's like, no, nah, six. You don't see it. You don't see it. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> what? I don't see why. No, you actually, notice. you didn't see a thing. And actually, what you, you do five is, <laughs> what you do, Dad, is when you roll, you're like, okay, now roll a spot check. Okay. 17. Okay. Yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what was that for? Yeah, I'm curious. I wonder. What did I not see that was really well hidden that a 17 <laughs> wouldn't see? Well, then, no. Sometimes you go on to explain. You just roll it ahead of time so that when it comes to that particular moment, mm-hmm. I'm the only one who sees it. Right. right. So yeah. I think that's that's pretty He also um, makes sure he gets cunning. all of our stats. It's like okay, it's like your uh, your your search is eight, your spots like <coughs> fifteen or whatever level character you are. Right. It's like your search is fi- your spots fifteen, and you roll a spot, you get a ten, so you get a twenty-five. But you didn't roll. The DM rolled. Yeah. So he rolled he rolls behind his screen, so that's yeah. why the DMs are rolling all the time. The, like, yeah, the sure DMs are. He is a a, a a hotbed of rolling dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and I do that all the time just to see if you guys notice something. And that's why the stats that I require from my players when I write them down are are um, uh, your hit points, your AC, because I don't want to, you know, kill anybody unless you, I have to. <laughs> and uh, I, I get your hit points, I get your AC. Then I ask for your saves, because sometimes you guys make saves without knowing it. And oh ho 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 ho! <laughs> yeah, a lot, and 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 uh, I do your spot and your listen, and and there you have it. And mm-hmm. That's what I do. So, any any parting advice for people wanting to avoid meta gaming? Hmm. Well, Try get into character. Get into character. Do yep. it. Good advice. Uh, Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> that basically sums it up. Get, get into character. Get into character, and if you need to leave character, make sure everyone knows you did. I think that uh, there there's a very fine line between just right and too much and not enough. Mm -hmm. So I think that in order to maintain character at the appropriate level is don't when everybody else is out of character it's okay to be out of character when everybody else is in character you can probably assume that being in character is the best thing to do mm-hmm. maybe you take the lead and start being in character and that just starts a new thing right. so right. my advice for metagaming would probably be assume your character doesn't know anything because mm-hmm. if you assume that your character would know something, it probably wouldn't be the best interest for your character. Right. Right. So if you uh, feign 
ignorance, it's probably for the best yeah. for your character. And, and it's always a good idea to ask, would my would my character know that? Yeah. 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 Know that? All and the ask time. The, you know, if worst comes to worst, ask the DM. <coughs> Absolutely. Whether it's rolling um, a knowledge check or whatever. Right. One mm-hmm. method I choose to use with my characters mm-hmm. is if it's a pretty basic knowledge, I'll set it to an intelligence check. I'll check for myself based, like, maybe uh, figuring out the, uh, which way which way to go. Yeah, so your, your characters are kind of self-medicated there with the knowledge the knowledge. Thing. That's pretty. Uh, that's yeah, a pretty smart move. That's a, it's a smart move, but I I would bet that that a lot of people would have trouble doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that's 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 like an advanced gamer. That's that's like, <laughs> that's like uh, epic level gamer. Yeah, if you're just starting uh, the game, it's probably best to just ask yeah, the DM. Ask the DM, and then when you get to Sebastian level, <laughs> of being a player. If you ever get to Sebastian, if level. you ever get to Sebastian level, no, it's, if you ever get Ian to level DM. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you get to that level of uh, of playing, then you can self uh, self administer your your knowledge. But that's that's really good advice and something to to work on. And you have uh, to have that trust between the player and the DM that you're not going to abuse it. Yeah. It make, uh, oh, that's as huge. the DM, you got to know your characters, and as the characters, you got to make sure the DM's just yeah. not that could like, be a uh, yeah. dick oh, a DM yeah. is a term we have used. How here. To, okay, that will be the that'll be the <coughs> uh, the. Next week, the the next week's uh, subject for DM tips: how to handle gamers that that try to cheat. Cheating, oh, players. cheating, yeah. cheating players. players we don't I've have any. Some, we don't have I've any of those here stories, currently. Though, your at, stories are the best. When I was at Miami University, I had a little gaming group going, and oh boy, that's for next week. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, uh, with that being said, uh, that this has been Dwarven Tavern Radio. And on behalf of the entire cast and crew, I am Jeff Goins. I'm Sebastian Blanton. I'm Ian Goins. I'm Lear Goins. And I'm Josh Goforth. And we wish for you to want for nothing but adventure. And at first I feared it, then I charged. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.